Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. The complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Buck Brief on this episode. Erin Wexler joins us now. She is a conservative uh, commentator, a TikTok star with non-lib take and uh, also writes and does all kinds of interesting stuff, uh, including man on the street interviews. We're about to talk to her about Erin. Great to have you on the program. How are you doing? I'm great, Buck. Thanks for having me. And I do just want to start by telling your audience that you are the first big person, someone I looked up to in the space before I got involved in it. And you're the first person who reached out to me when I started posting on social media very early on. And actually, the credit goes less to you and more to your wonderful wife who saw my videos and sent them to you. So I'm very thankful for that. Yes, it was you were actually she. So the former Fox News producer is the one who really, yes. <laughs> really is the I, I could take a little credit for it, but she's actually the one who uh, was particularly on it. And also we figured out based on your video in the background that <laughs> you lived like next door to us. So we were like, oh, OK, <laughs> so yes. I think I recognize the building in the background because that's where I live. <laughs> so anyway, um, good to have you here. I know you're also like me. You're a, a, a New Yorker. You went to school in New York City uh, growing up. 
And then, uh, well, and you went to school in Philadelphia, little school called Wharton, <laughs> very fancy. Uh, but you you moved to Florida like I did. But you went back to New York and were doing, like, well, man and woman on the street interviews, right? We could so, call them man on the street interviews. It's okay. I'm not a feminazi. We could stick to man on the street. That's a fair point. I think we're just going to call man on the street, dude on the street yeah. interviews. What did you <laughs> find in New York City? What questions were you asking? Tell me a little bit about this. Yeah, so I, I decided to walk around. It was Valentine's week and wanted to ask people, are you liberal or conservative? And uh, would you date across the political aisle? And the answers were really a mixed bag. You had plenty of people saying, no problem. I would date across the aisle on both sides, conservatives and liberals. The, the pleasant surprise was actually the number of conservatives I ran into. Uh, I did not tell them what I was. I just went up to people and said, could I ask you two questions about dating? And Lots of people said yes. And um, and then you got the, the classic people you would expect saying all kinds of crazy things. And uh, I think you might be showing one of those clips soon. But uh, yes. it's exactly what you'd expect for New York City, except that I would tell New Yorkers, uh, uh, any conservatives out there, there are a lot more normies there than you think. That's what I discovered. So here, here's a clip from On the Street, the kind of stuff that she was finding out. I hate the word liberal. But I'm definitely, like, political, like, revolutionary. Revolutionary? What does that mean? I'm into liberation and the revolution. And what kind of revolution are you going for? Down with the five-day work week, down with capitalism, down with colonialism, giving land back, being happier, not killing the earth. Well, would you date, I guess, the opposite of revolution? Never. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anyone you'd go on a date with if you disagreed? If George Clooney asked you out, but you were... If if the hottest woman on earth asked you out, if if you don't care about revolution, then I'm not going on a date with you. Fair enough. All right, Aaron. So what did what did this woman mean by have to be a revolutionary? Well, I think revolutionary is just obviously a synonym for woke, right? Uh, I don't know if she would use that herself. I also don't even know if she would say that she's a she. Uh, but Fair. clearly, <laughs> she she is clear to, to me. She is the stereotypical androgynous woke zezer jihadi jane that is walking around blue cities right now and i think you can generally extrapolate what her her beliefs are from that did you come up with the phrase low t soy beta male or is that something you've just popularized i came up with it uh i've heard soy boy and i've heard low t and uh, i was chatting with a friend in the dog park almost two years ago, long before I started this. And we were talking about dating and also some of the guys in the dog park that come in with the really tiny dogs, but it's not a girlfriend's dog. It's their dog. <laughs> and uh, we decided to call them low tea soy betas. It just came out of my mouth and it was perfect. And ever since then, I've been using the phrase and I'm glad people really like it. Although it does get get mixed up sometimes with low tea soy boys. So I might need to work on the messaging a little bit. Mm, and and- what what are the ways that one finds out uh, wh- if you're on a date? You're uh, unmarried, so I assume you still right. go on dates with with men. And and what are the yeah. ways that you you can immediately establish the presence of a low T soy beta in American society today? <laughs> oh, there could be like a video game about this. Uh, but uh, I always do a screen before a date, so I don't go out with guys unless I've spoken with them on the phone. And I do that for two reasons. Really? Yes, sir. And I've, I've always done this. I It used to be that I sometimes I used to text, but I, I used to text because <laughs> I would ask a guy a long time ago, 
whom did you vote for in 2012? And if you're in, that's Romney Obama for anyone who might not remember that, uh, that that's the year. Obama's second term, as if as if the first term were forgivable, but but second term Barack Hussein Obama versus Romney, the most at the time most palatable moderate. Uh, now, obviously, I would call him, consider him a dem. But uh, if you could not vote for Mitt Romney, then you would not be the father of my children. So I just didn't see a point in going on a date with someone if they had not been able to vote for Romney. Now I do the phone because not only are there so many libtards out there, but there, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the show, but, uh, perhaps I guess we'll find out. Hopefully I don't ding you on your YouTube rankings, but, uh, I, I have, I have no YouTube ranking. I've been, I've been blocked, (laughs) suspended, shadow banned and had to restart. I think I'm on my fifth YouTube channel now because they just keep, you know, I, I gets going and then I get a strike and then I start, there's some number you're supposed to call. It's like customer service. Hell, you're right. calling someone a you're a right wing pundit. You have to call someone at YouTube who good luck even getting someone on the phone. You get them on the phone. They have no power. They don't care about you. As far as they're concerned, all of right wing commentary could disappear from YouTube tomorrow. And there's still a, you know, five hundred billion dollar company market cap, whatever right. they are. They, they, they could care less. It, so it's pretty Kafkaesque. I got to say, so people are like, why do you still do it? I'm like, I don't know. 50 people watch it on video and they enjoy that. I figure, I figure why not? We got a lot of people listening yeah. on the audio still getting it going with the audio, which makes me happy. Yeah, amazing. I'm glad I put lip gloss on for the 50 people on YouTube. So I guess it's a drop in the ocean. But it's all to say, I want to screen for the libtards, but also the phone call now is to see if they're proud to be conservative, if they hesitate, uh, and also to see if they sound gay. Because there are just so many low-T soy betas out there, and it's good to assess if they're, they're a real man. So what? Like, explain this process. This is something you know. I had a friend who recently told me um, that is actually a friend of a friend. So you know, I, I can't verify this beyond, but I thought it was pretty interesting. Really? Uh, he lives out in Hollywood, L.A. So he's very sick of. Well, he's a single guy in his like thirties, mm-hmm. and and he says that if he comes across a woman with an Instagram that is not on private and has more than five thousand followers, he will not go on a mm-hmm. date with her which I thought was at first sounded really harsh to me. And then I thought, actually, I don't know. I mean, me, not I, I including think that's pe- pretty fair, not including people who are in the public eye. Right. I mean, obviously, if he's right, going to go on a date with Jessica Alba or something like she's going to have five million. But if you're just a person right. and you have 15,000 followers on Instagram, like like mm-hmm. why? If you're not a public person. Right. I, I think that's a fair question. I think it's very fair. I actually I also will check out a guy's Instagram. And also, if a guy adds me on Instagram before the date, that's a bad sign to me because I think people trying to do things virtually and not in person is a really bad sign. And uh, giving someone a glimpse into your life before just or finding out organically, I think is very Gen Z. And I am 30 years old. So if you're a man I'm going on a date with, you should not be caring about that. I do know a lot of women also who who look for men who don't care too much about social media. I think a man, a man who cares a lot about social media is also a low tweet, low T soy beta. So. Have you ever in these in this uh, this is fascinating because you know, I've lived <laughs> through the I've lived through the transition from if you were really cool, you had a beeper and then maybe you had a cell phone that right. you're paying a dollar or two dollars a minute to talk on. Right. So it would get really expensive right. really fast all the way to now where we have like all these platforms and TikTok and mm-hmm. you know, instant texting and, you know, people video streaming everything. So I've lived through this whole transformation and and i can't i just can't imagine what it's like you know these days 
I mean, when I got out of college, like there basically was no, you know, internet dating or Instagram. And now everyone mm-hmm. I know meets on either in, in Instagram or on, um, on, you know, some kind of a dating, you know, online dating app, whatever. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I wonder though, like when you do your pre-screen, let's say, and you find out, unfortunately, yeah. it's a sad day. You're, you're talking low T soy beta situation here, right? This guy's standing yes. there. He's, he announces his pronouns when he sits, when he, uh, when you call him, he's like, well, I'm, I'm Bob and my pronouns are he, him. Do you like play it out and then send him a little text afterwards? Or do you go and tell him, uh, right then and there, it's just not going to fly. Oh, I don't have time for drawing out the conversation. So I'm not, I'm not uncouth. Okay. I don't start a call just immediately going into it, but I, I, almost immediately go into it. Uh, we'll chit chat for a little bit. And then I say, you know, I have a couple of big questions that I just want to get through. So then we could talk about the small questions, right? Like the, I don't need to talk about what you like to do for fun or like what restaurants you like, if we just don't agree on basic values. Um, and I'm not looking for someone who's a hundred percent aligned with me. I don't even know if that's possible, but that's also not interesting. So, you know, I'm hoping to find someone who just aligns mostly, or, you know, to be very Kamala Harris-esque, you know, if we have a Venn diagram, it's like the circle and the circle and you overlap them as she likes to talk about, uh, then that's good enough for me. I want someone who challenges me, uh, but I need to make sure we're generally aligned. So I will ask early on and uh, it's great to see guys' reactions because uh, I'm obviously kind of crazy. And so I need someone who can handle that. So I just reveal it within the first few minutes of a phone call. And it goes great. There are plenty of guys who like it, especially when they get the correct, when they have the correct answer and they realize it's the correct answer. It is a very exciting moment for them. Well, I cannot be held accountable for any of our listeners uh, who are of the male persuasion who are not low T soy betas (laughs) who might be trying to creep into the DMS or something after this. So I'm just saying I have no, I don't hold you accountable. I have no oversight on this. I I have seen some of my friends in conservative media uh, who are very, you know, um, attractive women have uh, mm-hmm. one or two of them have shown me what they're just what their random DMs like Instagram DMs look like. And yeah, wow, wow, <laughs> humanity, you start you really start to question whether civilization is the appropriate word uh, for us to use anymore. <laughs> um, any anyway, um, so anyway. We, we have that. And uh, there's no it's funny the other day, uh, Clay did this on radio. And I was like, that was the most that was like break your neck hard turn. I mean, that was just, you know, whiplash. Um, so I'm doing that right now. We're going to take a big hard turn here for a moment uh, because Excellent. I know there's no, I, I feel like if you at least talk people through it, it feels a little bit less like, you know, when you're on the plane, the turbulence is so bad, you feel like you're going to hit the ceiling, but you don't. So I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to avoid that. Are you wondering how everyone's talking about Belize these days? Oh, boy. Belize is fantastic. It's fun. Imagine visiting a country that's just a couple of hours from, say, Miami, Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, And you can enjoy a rainforest and white sand beaches in the same day. Belize is fun because you can float through caves down a jungle river, climb an ancient Mayan ruin, swim with nurse sharks and rays, cast for a grand slam, the ultimate in fly fishing on the flats, snorkel or scuba dive, the longest living reef in the world, or simply relax, enjoy the beach bars, playing live music and dance under the stars before, uh, you know, the sun comes up. And also have the best lobster dinner you've had in a very long time. Don't take my word for it. Go visit. Go check it out. Belize is amazing for so many reasons. Download your free Belize handbook and guide. Go to BelizeIsFun.com. That's BelizeIsFun.com. Tell me uh, how Biden and and Blinken and the rest are doing on Israel-related matters right now in your mind, because that's something that 
it's even starting to show in the polls in an election year could yeah. be uh, interesting. So what are you seeing? Yeah, so I think you're asking me about that because I did write about this in The Federalist and The Blaze uh, fairly recently. So um, I, I think there are a lot of people who are pro-Israel who are holding out false hope that Biden and Blinken are remaining steadfast in their support for Israel. And since October 8th, I've told people not to assume that. I said the support would be very fleeting and it is turning out to be the case. We have seen it time and time again over the last few months that as horrified as the Biden administration can be by what happened on October 7th, as I don't know, they've made many, many statements to say that they support Israel, but then they will stab Israel in the back and go to the Palestinian Authority and say they want to install them as a de facto government for a Palestinian state. And what Biden and Blinken are doing right now is actually telling Israel they are not allowed to carry out their plans in eradicating Hamas, that they have to accept living next to people who are telling them exactly what they want and trying to ignore that. But we know that's a, a, obviously a policy of the left and, and a, a pattern that we've seen many times, which is it's all about optics over outcome. So they want to put a nice little bow on the Middle East right now and say, we've created peace, we've created a Palestinian state. Uh, Lincoln has said that Israel is running out of credit, that they're running out of time in this war. Um, he does not say how Israel is supposed to actually maintain security uh, when it comes to a ceasefire. He just says, you have to stop fighting. Uh, Biden has put out a number of statements, including one on Twitter or X, as people call it, a few months ago, where he said that that Hamas's nightmare and the reason why they carried out October 7th is because they fear nothing more than Palestinians and Jews living side by side in peace. This is a ridiculous statement. And that actually that tweet told me everything I needed to know about the Biden administration and how they're approaching this conflict that. It's a lie. That's a total lie. Hamas did not carry out this attack because they want to live in peace, because they know that their civilian population wants to live in peace side by side with Jews in Israel. They carried out the attack because they want the eradication of the state of Israel, which is the eradication of Jews. And so the Biden administration is making this about land and sovereignty when the Palestinians and Hamas and uh, people even in the West Bank, where Hamas is insanely popular in spite of the PA being the government there, uh, they tell us exactly what they want. This has nothing to do with land. This has to do with religion. It is a religious war and they want to see the eradication of the Jews. So uh, yeah, we, we live in a time where the, the left has very, very weak stomachs and even weaker backbones. And they're really caving to pressure from the general population in the US, uh, especially certain populations like in Michigan, very woke white populations, Jihadi Jains marching on the streets in places like New York and California, where they are calling for a ceasefire. and. The Biden administration is totally caving to that. Do you think that there might be a a real change uh, in the nationwide Jewish vote uh, as it pertains to these, you know, what we've seen here in the election coming up? Uh, basically, Jewish Americans figuring out that the left is not as friendly to them as they perhaps had thought before. So I am cautiously optimistic, but very cautiously, because as as a Jew who grew up in New York, I was the lone conservative in May 2021, when thousands of rockets were being sent over from Gaza into Israel. And for the first time, really barraging Tel Aviv, uh, we had a few weeks where the Jews of New York and the liberal Jews uh, saw things for what they were. They felt abandoned and betrayed by organizations that they had helped, like BLM and Stop Asian Hate and, uh, you know, the LGBT movement in general. And I had a lot of friends calling me then feeling 
extremely betrayed. But the problem is that Jews in America very much want to be accepted. And I think that just as they went crawling back in May of 2021, there's a very good chance that they will still want to be accepted by the Democratic Party. They want to see themselves as the party that is nice and liberal and accepting. And so I'm not as hopeful as other people. I also think it depends on which Jewish population you are referring to. So I'm in the free state of Florida, as you mentioned, we, we used to be neighbors. And so I think the Jews who are here are very self-selecting and they were already pretty conservative. Uh, and I think a lot of Jews will still have a very hard time actually changing their vote. But I would love, I would love to be wrong about that. Um, and since it is the week of the president's holiday, which I still think is kind of, yes. well, what it, why is that a holiday? But anyway, we did on the show. So I want to give you this opportunity. Uh, Three best U.S. presidents of all time. Three worst U.S. presidents of all time. Oh, wow. Okay, best. I'm going to go with Teddy Roosevelt. There are so many. Honestly, this is a really tough. Teddy Roosevelt's just my number one. Uh, love George Washington. I just know. I know it's a very tacky answer, but I have to go. Uh, with he was my number one. I call him the goat. I have no, no, no qualms about well, it. I'm sorry one. for calling you tacky then. <laughs> sorry. Um, I can take it. Good. And uh, I'm going to go with Reagan. A lot of people won't like that one. <laughs> no, you and I were aligned on all the, the only one in the Teddy Roosevelt, I don't know, progressive, Bull Moose Party. Eh. Um, no, okay, we'll uh, talk about I, that later. I, I, went, I went Calvin Coolidge, which people are like, what? I'm like, look, guys, like, I'm not going to mess things up. I'm not here for power. Things are going great. Let the American people have their business be business. Not going to have bureaucracies ruining your life. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Sounds pretty awesome. Sounds pretty awesome to me. I did actually. not. I did not see your segment on this, so very nice to know we're aligned two thirds. Yeah, we we, we were we were two for three on that one. All right, now worst presidents. Yeah. I, I know in talk radio it would have been easier. Should have just been like Obama, Biden, and and you know and Carter or something or Clinton. But you know, I, I'm talking all time, right? So okay. we're talking about the guys before yeah, the Civil yeah. War, and, you know, all that. So yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. Well, I wish I had been given an opportunity to think about this before. But what I will go with is FDR. New Deal was Ooh, one of the worst things I, that happened to this. He country. was my honorable mention worst. So well done, <laughs> well done. Uh, FDR, I have to put Barack Obama on that on this list. I have to. He was mm -hmm. like the beginning of, I think, the most divisive period in American history. Um, but now I'm trying to be really creative, and we really don't have time for that. So I mean, uh, I threw LBJ in the mix. I'm putting Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Jimmy Carter, uh, just, he's, he wasn't good, I just, but I don't I have, think he was the worst. I, the no, popular I just, answers, I, I'll I have you know, just the popular answers for people on the right are from yesterday because we took calls the whole thing. Buchanan yeah. led to the Civil War. Guy was a mess. Um, James Buchanan seems to be pretty universally considered the worst of all time. Um, uh, obviously, a lot of people called and said Barack Obama. Not many people said Biden was the mm -hmm. worst because I think they realize, like, you know, he's bad. It's but not really not, Biden. It's not, yeah, it's not really Biden. <laughs> Um, but uh, a lot of people call him with that. Um, I said LBJ, um, and then mm -hmm. just uh, top to bottom, Woodrow Wilson for me um, gets us involved mm -hmm. in the First World War, internationalist, mm -hmm. horrible, a true racist, like just so many bad things, elitist. Yeah. Um, so Woodrow Wilson was one for me. But anyway, you I know, know we're kind the, of the, pro the problem with this question, just so you know, is that I, there are too many people on this list. And so I decided to go with the ones that just give me the most anger in my heart. So that's why I get someone like Jimmy Carter, who's still alive, versus someone who was dead a long time ago. Very nice. 
With the world favoring online investing, stock markets, and cryptocurrencies, it almost seems archaic to some people to look at tangible assets, real things. But you want to be ahead of the herd, not following it, because we barely even carry cash nowadays. So why would it be a good idea to invest in something physical, right? Um, Because look at history. Look at what happens. Gold and other precious metals have been a sound investment for banks, governments, businesses, and individuals for decades, for centuries even. And there are some very clear reasons why. The primary advantage of adding gold to your portfolio is its stability. Gold is also a nice hedge against inflation, meaning a good defense against your cash getting eaten up by inflation. One popular advantage of investing in gold is nobody knows you have it unless you tell them. And in the unlikely event of a massive financial crisis, you can use your gold as currency. Go to OxfordGoldGroup.com slash free to request your free information kit or to make a precious metals purchase yourself. I've done it. I've worked with Oxford Gold for years, and I've gotten my gold from them. OxfordGoldGroup.com slash free. Again, that's OxfordGoldGroup.com slash free. Where can people go to follow your work? Tell them so they can be a part of the, uh, the revolution that you are starting here in conservative media. Well, thanks. Uh, they can find me on my website's a good spot because you can find all my social media from there. It's AaronWexler.com, A-R-Y-N-N-E, Wexler. Uh, same handle on Twitter and on Instagram. You can search my name, but the handle there is non-libtake. What's with the spelling, by the way? It's an, I've never seen my that name. spelling. Yeah, of the first name. The last <laughs> the, name I know. I yeah. grew up in New York. The first name I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I know people uh, people love asking me and I love when liberals ask, by the way, because they don't, they don't just say, oh, like what what ethnicity is that? Or like, what where's that from? And they'll always ask me, where are you from? And I'll just say New York. And I'll say, where are your parents from? And I say, oh, also New York. And I just make them to keep going and going and going. And then I'm like, oh, oh, you mean is it like a racial thing? Is it like a cultural thing? The answer is my parents were just way ahead of the celebrity baby naming trend, not that we are celebrities or that we that my parents are that I was, uh, but they just wanted to name me Aaron. And A-A-R-O-N is a boy's name and E-R-I-N is very Catholic. And so they thought that's confusing. And Aaron with a Y is not. And so they gave me that name and that's all there is to it. There we go. Aaron Wexler, everybody. Aaron. Thanks for hanging out. Good to see you. Thanks so much, Buck. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.